0: Cynthia Hyatt also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in your relationships as well as artfully handling life's challenges. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com and make sure to follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now with today's fresh insight, Cynthia Hyatt.
1: Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. So glad that you have joined us today. And I hope you like our new intro. I'm kind of excited about it. So we're kind of doing a little bit of different things. We're tweaking some things. So always love your input. And we are, are really continuing with our Relationship 101 series. And we've been talking about expectations the last two weeks. So today we're going to talk more about learning to respect gender, temperament, and personality differences and why that would be so important in relationship, because these aspects are what really cause people to be unique and to be you know, a one-time occurring person. It's, it's still fascinating to me when I think about the fact that nobody has ever been repeated. Even identical twins have different personalities, temperaments, minds, and so it's fascinating when you think about how our relationships are impacted simply by our gender, and our temperament and our personality. And so let's talk about these really major issues when it comes to how do we manage these different things? Because, you know, they really can get into the way <laughs> of our relationships. They have a tendency to complicate things unnecessarily. And I'm so thankful that my husband enjoys it anytime I give a talk about the differences between men and women because he always walks away feeling very validated. When in our personal life, sometimes, even though I know these things about gender, I know about temperament, I know his personality, I still can trip up. And I'm really glad that he is so willing to recover and and remind me he's not me, right? He's not me. So when we're respecting gender, temperament, and personality, let's learn about some gender differences so that you kind of have a basic foundational understanding of the hardwiring and accept that these are God-given differences. Now, God likes differences and does not appreciate our demeaning, demoralizing, or a general overall judgment as to whether a person should be this way or that way. This is not to say that we indulge in our gender, but the more we know about gender, the more curious, the more fascinating, and the more endearing that gender can be and should be. So this is like different breeds of animals. You know, you wouldn't expect a goldfish to use a litter box and, or the dog to do the dishes. You know, I don't pet the cat backwards, right? But the dog loves it. So this means I'm not going to judge the differences that are inherent in the breed. Men and women have many differences when it comes to sexuality, information processing, internal motivation, and and so on. The way they make decisions, the way they interact, how they feel about themselves, what motivates them. They're very, very different. And so when we talk about the really basic differences between men and women, I want you to think about just just a couple of things. Women have a tendency to be more process-oriented that means that they like to talk about things a lot. And they are really kind of sometimes particular about the word. So I always say to men, you know, women have about 10 words for your one word. So you might say, oh, so you're kind of upset. And a woman might say to you, no, I'm not really upset. I'm just irritated. And this is where if you're a man and you think, wow, she's correcting me, if you can recognize that she's just really wanting to be understood and she's wanting to be seen and she doesn't want to be misinterpreted. So as you give some prompts, you're actually helping her just explain who she is to you. Women are also security oriented. So security is a big deal for women and one of the best examples of that is that women have little stashes of things everywhere. They always have a handbag, they have a little pouch in their office desk they have something in their car because they never know when they'll need something whereas men what do they have a money clip you know they really don't have that need for security so men are typically putting their things in our handbags right that people are always glad that we're, that we come prepared so when you think about the security issue for women this has a lot to do with the way they do their relationships Because if they don't feel liked, if they don't feel understood, that to them feels dangerous because they may not be cared for. One of the ways that women have survived since the beginning of time was through friendships, through their women group. Their women helped one another all the time. And so men don't have that same need for security. In fact, men create security. And when I work with men in my office, one of the things I'm helping men understand is what actually creates security for women. Number one thing that gives women security is their kindness, their acceptance, their tolerance. Because women have a really hard time with people that are irritated with them, frustrated with them, don't like them. That causes them to feel very unsafe in their world. So it doesn't mean that we are these really, um, I don't know, overly sensitive creatures or that we are somehow in a one down position because we're so insecure. This just means that this is how women since the beginning of time have really made it through life. As long as they had a group that they could depend on that was interconnected and helping one another, they felt safe. So men, on the other hand, when you think about what is a really strong difference between men and women is that men have a huge need for success and respect. And what feels respectful to a man may not always make sense to a woman. And when I talk to women about this, I say, you know, one of the easiest ways to disrespect a man is simply look at him with a dirty look on your face. Have an angry look roll your eyes oh my goodness you want to disrespect a man roll your eyes breathe heavily walk away in the middle of something because these things for men that's like fighting that's stuff that people that men fight over one of the easiest ways for men to get into some kind of a brawl is if they are disrespecting one another so when you think about you know let's say they're at a at a at a, um, a bar and it's a sports bar And two groups of men are rooting for different teams. And so if one group wants to kind of fight with the other group, they start trash talking that group's team. And one of the easiest ways for men to calm men down is to just say, hey, don't worry about it, take, you know, blow it off, it doesn't mean anything. And men have a tendency to calm down. If they want to ramp up that guy, so that he'll start fighting, they'll say, you don't have to take that. That's wrong. That's, oh my gosh, he's totally disrespecting you. Well, it's the opposite with women. See, when we want women to calm down, the worst thing that you could say to a woman is, oh, calm down. It's no big deal. Blow it off. They feel completely minimized. They feel invalidated and they feel completely disconnected. And so men have a tendency to want to calm women down the same way they want to be calmed down. And what happens is they get a more upset woman. With women, the best way to calm down a woman is to enter into her world about the way she feels and say, you're right. They should never talk to you that way. That's wrong. I can't believe that happened to you. And women immediately feel connected and they calm down. So this is really important when you're looking at gender differences. Men have a tendency to want to be very protective. They want to protect the things that are important to them and they take it very seriously. And so there's many other things that we could talk about and I wanna make sure that you also can go to the website. I have a book that uh, is called How Gender Speaks and that has a lot, it's a mini book so it's really easy to read. In fact, my husband actually likes it and he's not typically someone that would read self-help books but he's, he, it's very s- short, it's very succinct, it's very simple. So let's look at temperament differences. Now, when we look at temperament, this is different than personality, and I'm not going to go into a long dissertation about the differences between those two. I just want you to take my word for it. So when we measure temperament differences, this is really more how you interact with the world, how you interact with others, yourself, what's important to you. And so we look at the difference between introversion and extroversion. And this is really important because introverted people have to think before they can talk. If you put a lot of pressure on them they'll shut down even more so introverts have a difficult time expressing especially feelings if they haven't thought about them first and if they don't feel like they have time to express themselves extroverts on the other hand have to talk out loud to know what they're thinking so if you've ever been with a really extroverted person They might say to you i have no idea why this bothers me so much and then they'll start talking about all the reasons why it does and they'll come to the end of it and they'll say gosh you helped me so much now i know why i'm so upset the other person probably didn't say anything so when we think about introversion and extroversion we have to understand that extroverts have to talk out loud to know what they're thinking so you may want to give them a break and recognize that you might wanna wait until they're actually done to find out how they really think and how they really feel. Where introverts, on the other hand, they might say to you something like, I have no idea, I can't talk about this right now, can you give me a half hour? And they'll need to go take a walk. They'll need to go journal something. They'll need to go sit by themselves and figure out. And then they can come back and say, okay, this is what's going on with me, or this is why it hurt my feelings so much. So we have two other areas. The thinking versus feelings and organizing versus adapting. And so we're coming up to a break, so I want to give you just a quick little bit about thinking. Now, thinking people really want to understand, and they love information, and they love logic. Feeling people are more interested in how they're experiencing it or how you are experiencing them. So thinking people can say, well, if I did the right thing and you're mad at me, I'm okay with that because I know I did the right thing. A feeling person, on the other hand, will want to convince you of the right thing because they want to be on the same page with you. And they're going to worry more about how you're affected than about the information. So when we come back, we're going to talk about this last one, which is called organizing and adapting and the way organizers operate versus the way adapters operate. So I want you to, to really hang in there with me because what I'm going to try to do today with all that's going on in our in our world right now, and you know that this is not a political show, so I typically don't talk about these things, but we're going to talk more about understanding these things in terms of crises and what manifests when people are in crises. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversation with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about basic temperament differences. Uh. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You can always find the shows on my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and you now can download them right from the website and send them on to your friends. We also have study guides now that are available for each show. We're kind of catching up with the ones that we've recorded prior, but we are giving you the most current one every week. So that if you want to kind of listen to the show and just get a little bit more in depth in your thinking and understanding of it, you can do that. You can certainly use it for small groups as well. So we are talking about relationship 101 and this time we are talking more about temperament differences, gender and personality and why that's so important to respect in your relationships and to understand. And so we left off talking a lot about men and women, and then we started talking about the temperament differences. And this is usually taken from the um, Myers-Briggs Temperament Inventory. It's a great one to use. I also like the Enneagram, Um, but the Myers-Briggs is a little bit more concrete. So it helps sometimes just disseminating information in a more concrete manner. So we talked about introversion versus extroversion, and sensing now versus intuition. And when you're dealing with someone that is a more sensing person, what you'll find out is that they really like facts and they really like details. And they don't massage the information in any way. So they are going to be a lot more structured in their thinking. They're going to be interested more in the mechanics of something, how something works. And and they're going to be a lot more detailed, much more detailed, versus the intuitive thinker who is a big picture person. So they will have a tendency to assimilate all the facts and they get a big picture, they narrow it down to one statement and then they throw away all the details. Or they might say to you something like, ah, oh, the details are not that important. And the sensing person is like, that's the whole, you know, that's the, that's the most important part of everything is the, is the details because if we miss any of the details, the whole thing will fall apart. And the intuitive will say something like, ah, then we'll fix it if it happens. We'll, we'll deal with it then. So there's a much different way of dealing with information. So I'm always saying to sensing people, you know, you might need to lighten up a little bit. And intuitive people, you know, they kind of need to tighten up. So I'm going to give you an example of sensing versus intuitive. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, my husband is an architect for a living. He's now retired, but he's a great Carpenter he's a great I mean, he's a great builder and so when he was redoing our house He was figuring out all kinds of things. He was showing me as architectural drawings I mean to the, I mean nth degree. I mean now me I'll just draw like this little Idea that I have he's got this exactly to the you know numbers the nth of, a, of, a, of an inch How to do this thing and so he he came to me one day into my office and he said hey, you know about the door here You know, I just kind of wanted to know what you wanted to do. And so being the intuitive that I am, I started talking about all different kinds of doors. I said, you know, I could have a hanging door. I could have a double door, glass door, sliding door. You know, wow, there's all these different kinds of doors that I could have. And he finally stopped me mid-sentence. He said, Cynthia, I just want to know if you want a door. (laughs) I started laughing so hard because I'm way ahead as an intuitive because intuitives have a tendency to go to the end of the concept and work their way back to the front. And the sensing people start at the beginning and step by step work toward the end. So when you have intuitive and sensing people working together, if they're not careful, they're talking about two completely different things, even if they're talking about the same thing. It sounds completely different. So you wanna take into consideration that intuitive people have a tendency not to be great with details because they generalize things. Sensing people get really stuck on the details. The details are very important to sensing people. So when you don't recognize these differences, you can really disrespect one or the other. So let's talk about this next uh, group. And this is the thinking people versus the feeling people. Now thinking people, they have a tendency to really focus on facts. They are very logical and they like structured, you know, ways of thinking. Thinking people are really more interested in the actual things that happened versus how you felt about it. The feeling people will have a tendency to throw out the details and focus on the feelings. The feelings are far more important to a feeling person. So if I have a thinking person in my office I know that I better give them some answers first or I'll never be able to get them to talk about their feelings. And if I have a feeling person in my office, I better make sure they feel connected to me, understood by me and feel safe in order for me to actually talk about what the real issue is. So when we when we cross those, we end up having people feel extremely misunderstood and many times judged. And so, This is where if you have, let's say, a thinking, an introverted person, they're going to be thinking for a long time before they talk about anything. If you have an extroverted feeling person, that person needs to talk and talk and talk, just like if you go to a cabin and you have to run the water until it's clear. So I say to people, you know, if they're an extroverted feeling person, you might just want to let them talk for a while. Don't, don't worry about all that you're hearing because they're going to they're gonna talk right past it and finally land. This is super important when you are trying to have intimacy with people. So let's look at this last part. And this is organizing versus adapting people. And this is a lifestyle issue. Now, the preferences for what we would call judging or perceiving, and they, they've kind of changed some of these, these around so that they make a little bit more sense. But the organizer versus the adapter, let's call it that. So the organized person really has a preference for structured living. They're not that flexible, whereas an adapting person, they're constantly adapting to their environment. So they're very pliable. So you might say to them, hey, I think we're gonna, you know, go to dinner on Friday night with you guys. What do you think you wanna do? And the adapting person would say something like, well, you know, there's this restaurant, that restaurant, I'd like to do this. And if you say to them something like, if you're a more organized person and say, you know, I really would prefer to go to this one because it's closer to us and then we won't have so much traffic. That adapting person will probably take everything they said right off the table and say, okay, yeah, let's go there. And then we could all ride together, right? So when you think about adapters versus people that are more organized, the organized people can look a little inflexible and the adapters can seem somewhat wishy-washy. So let's talk about that just a little bit more again. Extroversion means they get their energy from the outside world and talking out loud, introverts focus on the internal world and have a harder time getting their internal world outside. When we look at the sensing versus the intuitive people, the sensing people say that the information and the facts are the most relevant. The intuitive person says, I want to take all those facts and make a big picture and throw out the details. We have the thinking people that really are only interested in facts and want to make decisions based on facts and feeling people want to decide as they go along and make sure that everybody is feeling good about the decision. And then the judging versus perceiving. Judging people, or what we call organizers, are much more adept when they live in a structured living situation. And the perceiving people, or the adapters, they want a lot more flexibility and spontaneity. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about Relationship 101 and the different ways that God has hardwired people. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me, and I so appreciate all of the feedback that you've given on just on social media, and what you're you are really using the website, and I really appreciate you using the website, and I love any you know suggestions that you may have as to what would it be very helpful for you. We also have the show on so many different podcast servers. And if you go to iTunes, you'll be able to find many different podcast servers that the show is on that you can listen to at any time. So thank you so much again for just great positive feedback and letting me know what really helps. And if you have any topic that you would like me to speak on, please just email me or visit the website. Uh, You can message me in anything, and I would love to hear what what, what you would really prefer. So let's talk about this last part, and this is personality. Now, personality is not fluid, okay? Personality is, that's kind of the hardwiring of how you were made. And so that's the structure of who you are, and how you interact with the world with yourself and with others. So if you think about personality, it's kind of like the make of a car. So if you have a car that, that let's say you have a, a Chevrolet Malibu, or you have a Corvette convertible, Or you have I don't know a a Jeep Cherokee well you can change a whole lot of things about the car but you can't change the brand of the car there's a certain structure that all those other things work within so when we look at personality we usually look at one of one of the ways we do is is by these two uh, amazing psychiatrists Costa and McRae and they came up with what they call the five-factor model This is one of the basic ways to look at personality. There are many different ways to look at personality. But when we use this model, it has five dimensions in a personality. And we look at what we call neuroticism. And everybody has a certain level of neuroticism in them. It just depends on how much you have. And so neuroticism really, you know, kind of measures things like, how much hostility somebody might have, how high-strung they are, how pessimistic they are, how much of a worrier they are, how self-conscious they might be. Neuroticism also kind of measures depression or level of shame, how easily shamed you might be, how impulsive you might be, how vulnerable you, you are. Some people are pretty invulnerable and some people are extremely vulnerable. And so some people handle stress better And some people don't handle stress well, and it manifests as maybe some difficult or unhealthy behaviors. So then we also look again at extroversion, which is a little bit different than what we talked about in the previous when we looked at extroversion as a temperament. Extroversion, when we look at it in terms of personality, it has a lot to do with how gregarious you are, how social you are, how warm you are. So when I look at myself in terms of temperament, I'm very introverted. I love to think and think and think. And then I take all that information in my head and I sift it down to maybe one sentence. And I'm not always good at talking off the top of my head about my feelings. I'll have to think about my feelings for a while before I talk about them. But in terms of personality, I'm a pretty extroverted person. So I'm pretty gregarious, I'm pretty social, I love excitement, I'm an adventure seeker. So the more extroversion someone has in their personality, the more they have those qualities. So if you're not high on extroversion in your personality, then then you know what? You might not like adventure. You might want to really plan everything and know ahead of time. And you may have a harder time maybe connecting with people when it comes to sociability because there may be some trust issues. So we also look at openness to experiences. And how open or how willing someone is to have a new experience. As well as agreeableness. This is another area of personality where we see people are less patient. They might set themselves against people. They're skeptical. Maybe they're more unsympathetic or rude or defensive. And the higher your agreeableness is, the less defensiveness you have. And then the last one, as we come to the end of this segment, when we measure personality is conscientiousness how hardworking is someone how ambitious how energetic how scrupulous how persevering they may have a strong desire to make something of themselves so conscientiousness has a lot to do with passion has a lot to do with uh, energy so when you think about these issues of personality we think about temperament we think about gender differences i don't want you to get too caught up in knowing all of those, I just want you really more than anything to get to know the people in your life and be far more accepting of the hardwiring of who they are. So I say to people more often than not, we do not judge people, we don't judge them. We don't always know what's going on inside of them why they do what they do, why they act the way they act. What we do is maybe we'll judge behaviors as to whether or not they're helpful, whether they're positive but it's productive. So the only reason we're talking about this is just to bring down some judgment and increase acceptance of God's people. Thank you and join me again in the next segment. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Hi, I'm Cynthia Hyatt and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today and make sure that you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can find the radio shows there. You can also download them right off the website, send them to your friends. You can use them in small groups if you would like, and we have some study guides that are available for you if you want to use that with a small group or if you just want to listen to the show and think more deeply about it and maybe make it more practical or applicable. So today, as a part of our Relationship 101 series, we finished up Appropriate Expectations last week, and now we are talking about the next part of relationship is really understanding gender, temperament, and personality. And so the thing I want to kind of focus on today, as I really kind of raced through that in the last segment, I want you to think about, in, in terms of our lives right now today, And certainly this is going to date this show. This is obviously 2020. And we are dealing with the coronavirus, which has really taken over our world. And remember, this is not a political show, so I'm not talking about it for those reasons. What I want you to think about, though, that's so important is when we have something that is this big, that has this level of magnitude and, and impact and the ripple effect Of how it is affecting our entire world and now the fact that in a lot of ways we're being asked to pretty much stay at home well what does that mean (laughs) that means I've got a lot of families together a lot more than they're used to being together I've got couples together that might not be used to being together that much or I've got people that have no one they're living with and so they are really displaced because they're not able to be with people, maybe the way that they're used to being with people. So when we think about that level of stress, I want you to think about how does that manifest in different people? That's why we're talking about the different aspects of the hardwiring of a person. So when we look at how this, even this situation with the level of fear that is going on with a level of uncertainty on so many levels. We have uncertainty when it comes to health, welfare, our, our society as a, as a whole. We also have some insecurity when it comes to finances and how our finances are going to be, how the world's finances and how our nation is going to handle it. And we don't know if, if people, all the people that we want to have survive are gonna survive. So we have to face an even bigger issue and that is that some people are going to succumb to this virus, and that is a tragedy. So this is why the more we understand the way that God has made humans, the better our expectations are, and the more we understand why it is they're acting the way they're acting. So when we think about gender differences, what does stress look like with women? What does stress look like with men, or fear? Well, I'll tell you first and foremost, If a man is afraid he usually will get angry because men don't like to have vulnerable feelings like sadness and fear they don't like feeling weak and so their tendency is to get angry and it's confusing sometimes for the people in their life because they're thinking why are you so angry I'm scared or I'm sad and so when men have to deal with sadness or fear one of the ways they empower themselves is to be angry short not as relational, not as flexible, because you have to understand a basic hardwiring of men is to protect the people they love. Anything in their life, their business, their home, their cars, their animals, their wives, their children, whoever that might be, their family, their business, they really ramp up and get very protective. And protectiveness in men doesn't always feel warm and soft and cuddly right so you want to think about wow if the man in my life is a little bit on edge or maybe he's just angry and non-relational maybe he's just upset well you know that's one of the ways that we see men manifest stress especially if there's fear involved or if there is the risk of loss Now, how do women deal with stress? How do women deal with fear? Well, women are far more willing to talk about how afraid they are and to talk about how hurt they might feel. And what happens between men and women sometimes is if if women are really downloading on this man in their life, how scared they are and how afraid they are and how hurt they are and how sad they are and worried, it's very difficult for men to not immediately take on that burden and think they have to fix it because that's how men see their, their, their being. They, that, that they're there to fix something. They're there to solve a problem. They have a much harder time being comforting, relaxing, just giving some, some you know, space, some grace, and not feeling like now they're responsible, and if they're not measuring up and they're not being successful, they're going to get angrier. So women will more, they will want to talk more. They'll want to congregate more. They'll have a harder time not being able to socialize, which is what's going on right now. We are relegated many ways to our homes. We don't even get to go to our churches or our many places, our workplace. So women are gonna want to be talking on the phone. They're gonna be using the texting. They're really going to be trying to get some of that group help that women generally take advantage of. This is how women have survived since the beginning of time was that they had a group. So this is why when we talked earlier in the show, women get so afraid if they're not liked by their group members, the people that are in their pack. Because that could mean they're not gonna get the protection they need. In in times past, men would be out hunting, maybe they'd be doing a cattle run, they'd be on a ship across the ocean fighting a war. So women depended on women, and this is why for you men, if you see the woman in your life or your daughters, whoever that is, really struggling at not being able to go be with their friends and be with their friends in a group, and they're gonna constantly be checking on people all the time. Whereas for men, their focus is going to be on the immediate family, who's the most important to them. They're not gonna worry so much about their friends. So this is how you can understand, wow, when we're in relationship with people that have very differing motivations, it's going to require a lot of patience, a lot of um, grace, a lot of mercy, and I want you to be thinking the best about all these people. There's no reason to assign to people in your life or strangers malevolent intentions, Okay. This is a, one of the most important things. And I think many of you are seeing the, the beauty of Americans in that we're being kinder to one another. We're actually being more helpful than we've ever been because we are really in this together. So let's look at what temperament differences, how that might be affected by, by these kinds of disasters, this kind of stress, this level of stress. Well, the introverts. going to want to hide. The introverts are going to want to just not talk about it. They're going to have to think about it and think about it and think about it and they're going to have a hard time articulating what is really bothering them about all of this. The extroverts need to talk about it. They have got to be able to talk about what's going on, and what do you think, and what have you heard, and have you talked to so-and-so, and and what's happening now, and how are we doing this? Did you hear about that politician? Did you hear what this newscaster said? They're going to want to talk all about it, and the introverts are probably going to get a little anxious because they're going to get overwhelmed by all that information. So recognizing this in your relationships will be really helpful. So if you're an extrovert and you live with an introvert, you might say to them, Hey, listen, can I just talk about this for 15 minutes? I just got to get this out. And that helps that introvert to hang in there. The introvert might say, you know what? I need to stop talking about this. Or, or, wow, you never go to work now and I'm with you all the time. I have got to have some alone time. Because introverts re-energize by being alone. Extroverts energize by being with others. So how about those sensing or intuitive people? Man, they're going to be having a hard time talking about these kinds of crises because the sensing person is going to want to look at the details and the hardcore facts and what those mean. The intuitive thinker is going to be thinking outside the box. They're going to be making global, global observations and statements. And the sensing people first will probably feel invalidated. Like, aren't you paying attention to these really important facts? And the intuitive will say, I don't want to be bogged down with all that. Here's the big picture. Here's where it's going to go. And intuitives are typically extremely positive to the point that they can drive people crazy. And they can sound like they're not even connected to reality. Where the sensing person can sound to the intuitives as a negative person, always looking at the the wrong, the, the other side, always debating, always talking about how that's not going to work. It's kind of like the, if you remember that Winnie the Pooh, it's like we have Tigger who's just happy all the time bouncing around. We've got Eeyore who's always saying it's never going to happen. It's never going to work. So when you recognize that those temperaments under stress become more that way. How about if, we, if you have a thinking person versus a feeling person? Well, the thinking person is going to want to talk all about the facts. They're going to want to be logical they're going to want to be concrete they're going to want to talk about a plan they're going to get really upset with people that sound illogical when they come up with ideas for this this type of situation where the feeling person is going to be more concerned about how people are faring how are they doing how do they feel are they okay do they feel loved do they feel wanted are they feeling abandoned and so when you think about combining those two those two make very good partners when they accept where the other orients. So if I'm a thinking person and I'm dealing with a feeling person, I have to be careful that I don't completely shut them down because I say to them, that's not even logical. That's not going to work. It's not going to do anything for anybody. I have to say, you know, that's really kind. That's a really, really thoughtful idea. And here's what I think might be troubling with that idea in terms of being able to actually execute it and the feeling person might think about you know wow this thinking person's not trying to be so dry and negative and concrete and organized they're really trying to do solutions and they do it in a different manner so we also have the organizing and the adapting or or these these types of people the organizers they're going to want to make plans all the time They're going to want to have a step-by-step plan. This is how now we're going to live together. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do time. You know, and then the perceiving person is just going to want to say, well, why don't we just take a vacation? Why don't we just all hang out together and have a great time? So think about these different ways that we do relationship when it comes to gender, when it comes to temperament, you know, personality, you know, how anxious are people? How, how, how gregarious and warm are people being? How much activity are people needing? You know, personality things like how open are you to doing it a new way? How open to the experience of this are you? You know, how agreeable, how, how antagonistic are you being? How, how contrary are you? How aggressive or hostile? Are you less patient? So can we increase our agreeableness during this time? And then let's really work on the conscientiousness piece. Let's be hardworking, ambitious, energetic people that care for one another deeply and for our world. And that we pray as those people. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. So glad that you joined me today. I hope this was helpful. I I kind of raced through some things, but if you listen to it a couple of times, I think you'll get some some things that will be really helpful for you at this time, because we really don't know how long this will be. But what we do know is that we're all in this together, and Americans are amazing people. And the way they come together and the way they love is tremendous. And so let's take advantage of our heritage, our personality, our temperaments, and our faith. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and I hope that you have a meaningful week and that your relationships continue to abound and increase and become deeper because of this time. God bless you.
0: To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C I N T H I A H I E T T.com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and iTunes. Until next time, remember, be your own best version.